Mung Nam Moy. Happy New Year, everyone, from ha- Hoi An. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. This is our third attempt at our introduction. But hello, everyone. It's two twins and a mic, all the way from Hoi An, Vietnam. So, yeah, we're welcoming you, welcoming you into the new year, 2023. Clearly, we have not done this podcast in a while. Um, it feels a bit hard to get back into the, the element of things. This is the 21st episode, so we've made it according to Sam. The statistic is that most podcasts don't make it past the 21st. Ep- 90% of podcasts don't make it past the 21st episode. So we've proved everyone wrong. Amani <laughs> uh, saying we have to make it to the next one to prove everyone wrong. So we, yeah, we might just, just stop here um and fail nah nah, that's not us but (coughs) in terms of yeah um we have been traveling vietnam since december now um oh sorry sam's correcting me clearly my memory's not too good (laughs) we actually flew in first to singapore and spent time there um for the holidays you know christmas and um, new year's not that we celebrate christmas but you know we just wanted the opportunity to um just vacation see well not really just not spend christmas in sydney um and just feel like we're in holidays <coughs> and yeah boy are we having fun <laughs> so uh on the first day when we arrived in singapore my sister-in-law amani her luggage didn't arrive <laughs> <laughs> and um so sam and i have been through this experience before in abu dhabi with our other friends where for all of us five guys um, none of our luggage arrived and this was about I'm not too sure but maybe 2014 mm-hmm. and so we went through that experience and um, honestly I think we just didn't really um, care too much like but yeah it was interesting to see Amani's um, reaction. reaction because as understandably as anyone in her situation would react um, she got a little bit upset and um, yeah her her bag didn't end up arriving until was it an, the days. day after or two days, days two days later and so pretty much we had to share whatever clothing we had with her and she's a girl so yep <laughs> and yeah so she ended up having to buy a few new items while we were on holidays but you know we didn't let that deter us it was actually um, water off a duck's back like it didn't we weren't really too bothered by it um, but yes our time in Singapore was really good, honestly. Um, you forget how nice the country is. Um, like it was we've also very different this time around. Yeah, yeah. According to Manny, it was very different this time around. I was going to say, like, we've been there a couple of times, um, even since childhood in Singapore, and each time it impresses us. But this time it definitely felt different. Like, we definitely felt... Um, sometimes Singapore has... It could give you a bit of a clinical vibe because everything's so organized, so clean, so, um, so orderly, so... But this time, I got—I guess we got to see a more authentic side to Singapore, and um, just more uh, like just the new aspects uh, in the country. And it was—it was actually it's really beautiful. It was really calming, um, and to see them spend like how they spend Christmas, um, yeah, it was very nice. It was very quaint. There's a lot of people, a lot of people traveling, um, and yeah, just the hotel was so full that. Um, because it was just it was almost fully booked out it seems like the hotel the entire hotel was booked out um that we were having our breakfast in the function room (coughs) there was just so many people from different parts of the world 
but it was really nice it was really nice and um yeah um i'll pass it on to the guys and get let's see what they think about singapore and i think maybe we'll just talk about just what we've been up to and our experiences so far traveling hey everyone and again chuk mung namoy so um we've learned a few vietnamese words while we've been here one of them is xin chao and that's the correct pronunciation and if i'm if it comes across as racist i'm sorry and the other one is come un and the man is laughing but it means thank you xin chao means hello um i wouldn't say i'm exactly fluent in vietnamese just yet but i think three words in and we're pretty much halfway <laughs> there. <laughs> but um, this has been a very good trip so far. So originally, it was supposed to be, or it is, a two-week um, holiday overseas. And I think we've got about six, <coughs> yes, a week left. And what I can say is, it's incredible that so far, it feels like we've been away maybe, maybe for a month because we, we're doing... I wouldn't say we're like we're exhausting ourselves or pushing ourselves to some extreme. It's a very leisurely kind of travel experience, but we've achieved so much in our uh, in this in the period that we've been traveling, and be because we've been be like because we've been moving around a fair bit, um, and you know moving hotels and seeing different regions, you just feel like you're on this constant adventure, and time feels extended. And I guess the one thing that always gets the one thing that I reflect on when I'm traveling is how much you can actually achieve in a day and how life actually does slow down when you're traveling. And when you're at home working, doing what you're doing, life seems to kind of move very, very rapidly. So each day kind of, you know, meshes into the next day and it's kind of rapidly progressing and you feel like time is escaping you and that there's not enough time left. But as soon as you travel one day honestly can feel like four um particularly in the way that i guess we travel it definitely feels like time just you know becomes extended um so we did start off in singapore and again as eli was saying the experience even though we've been there a couple of times has been different um and a very positive experience and i think for us we like to also walk everywhere i mean we do take the um the public transport like the mrt in singapore <coughs> Um, but we generally like to walk. I think we were clocking in about 22,000 steps in the first few days, um, which feels really good, particularly when you're not really moving around um, in back home. As I guess we kind of clock in six to 10,000 steps a day. But to do 22,000 a day is, is really great. And um, again, we like to immerse ourselves in, in the culture and, and you know surround ourselves with, by, uh, with the locals and just really kind of taking the experience and it's it's been really really um, fun so far and ref ref refreshing and rejuvenating obviously my brain is shut down because i'm struggling to speak but um it's been a very positive experience and being in vietnam and i'm just looking at the balcony right now so we're sitting on a balcony um we've got this these lantern lights above us and this amazing pool in front of us which um eli tried to swim in it's late at night um and he couldn't make it uh, did you even get halfway in the water no he didn't get halfway in the water but he was calling us basically weak and apparently w we have poor blood circulation and that we need to eat more more ginger because our bodies can't regulate our temperatures properly and, we peel and i'll say something we had a whole packet of ginger today 
and I still can't regulate my body temperature if that's true. Um, but I'm basically, look, it's, it's, it's relatively warm um, in the day, but it, it can get cold at night. And so I'm in like these um, long, long what are my pants, pajamas, and a jumper. And Eli's sitting here in his um, Hawaiian shorts with a shirt. And a man, he's wearing my pants as well and a jumper. So I don't know if we're the problem or he's the problem, but I'll let him speak. Oh, sorry, actually not him, her. A man is joining us. Um, I'm sure you've been captivated by her exciting Instagram stories if you follow her on Instagram. Howdy, people. Um, I keep getting this wrong. Chuk mun namoy to you and your family. Chuk mun namoy. Chuk mun namoy to you and your family. May this be a blessed new year. It, if you are a follower of the uh, Chinese Zodiac, it is the year of the rabbit this year. So for all of those of you who want... For all of those... For those of you who want to conceive, take as a sign the rabbit. The rabbit. They. I mean, yeah, it's coming up. So, so, so. Yes, I did lose my bag in Singapore. Um, I and my mind. I was sitting there initially. I had a very, uh, just a clinical reaction to it, and then the tears started flowing through. Once a Japanese elderly couple also started complaining about their lost luggage. Apparently nine people on that flight lost their luggage. I was one of the lucky nine. So um, for anyone who knows me, which I don't think anyone does, <laughs> um, I can become highly emotional. So why? Because I am a female <laughs> and I have a lot of emotion. Anyway, Sam will back to differ and say it's because I'm a Cancerian, but ugh, I don't believe in star signs. <laughs> anyway, so I prayed uh, for two days straight. I sat on the balcony. I know, and then I stopped. I sat on the balcony asking repeatedly, will my back come? But are you sure will my back come? But are you really sure my bag will come? And then Sam ended up choosing me a nice outfit from uh, Super Dry. Basically, it's like this really like slutty school skirt <laughs> with a t-shirt. But you know what? Like, that's fine. Um, I, I rocked it. I wore it. I now have it. I will rock it uh, to casual Fridays, to casual Fridays at work <laughs> and other family and religious functions. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that, some highlights of the trip. In Vietnam, they have this interesting custom where they actually serve the female first. So in a lot of places, I've actually been getting my pho <laughs> before uh, Sam and Eli, which has been good because pho? pho is a Vietnamese noodle soup that consists of a meat broth, um, glass noodles. Uh, it's not glass noodles, it's just noodles. Just, just, just plain old Vietnamese noodles, um, some beef. Um, chili, fresh chili, and some assorted herbs such as Thai, basil, etc. And it is super, super, super yum. But anyway, so I've been getting my fur uh, before fur before Sam and Eli, and it's been an interesting um, experience because in a lot of cultures, including you know the Middle Eastern culture, when we are at home, we do tend to serve the the male first. 
and then we pour food for ourselves. So it's just been an interesting kind of um, a cultural experience to look at life from the Vietnamese kind of perspective. Um, and it, it, it's it's nice and refreshing to, you know, have someone serve you first. You know, it's not something that we typically experience every day. Um, the other interesting thing, another few highlights of the trip, I sang karaoke in some random ass like cafe. To be fair, in Hanoi, the the ex oh it wasn't karaoke, it was just live. I was just singing that live. To be fair, I sound, I sound like a dying cat, and two people left the uh, cafe shortly afterwards. I didn't get a standing they ovation, and they demanded their money back. But the cat, the cafe owners, no started to bleed halfway through. <laughs> One person died. <laughs> <laughs> and the ambulance had to just st be on standby outside to make sure that nobody else passed away in the process. But it was good. Um, Eli got groped by a magician last night on New Year's Eve. <laughs> um, I'll let him tell you more about that uh, fantastic experience. Sam and I had a balloon between our heads <laughs> while we were dancing. Um, to be fair, it was like a competition kind of thing that the Vietnamese people do. And so couples have to put a balloon between their heads and then dance. And then once the music stops, you have to like try and use all your force to like pop the balloon. So out of about six couples that were on the dance floor, we were the last two standing. And uh, Eli has a VAR system where he's, <laughs> where he's got his phone recording. Mind you, the Vietnamese lady said that the other couple won. But according to Eli's uh, VAR system, our balloon dropped last. So technically, we were supposed to win the... Uh, very haram alcohol that was in the bag <coughs> one of the bottles was alcohol um other fond experiences uh yesterday sam got grabbed uh, the vietnamese lady grabbed sam by the arm and demanded that they take photos together at first he thought he was being robbed but the vietnamese are very honest people and will not do that so in fact she was just an elderly woman trying to get some action middle-aged middle eight middle hot middle-aged trying to get some action on new year's eve with two friends apparently apparently their daughters <laughs> who are also hot middle-aged ladies who are oh, sorry they were hot the middle-aged lady um eli uh was pulled aside to take photos with a bunch of vietnamese people <laughs> each family <laughs> each family member wanted a photo they thought he was like a soccer player or oh, sorry football player or something like that <laughs> neymar he was he was the uh <laughs> he was the uh more arab version look uh, arab version of neymar so um interesting um some indian guy hugged me to say happy new year i hugged him back and I danced with a middle-aged Vietnamese man <laughs> because why not? So um, all in all, it's been a really good experience so far. Lots of random stuff has happened to us. Um, but yeah, the people here are incredibly honest and incredibly hardworking and incredibly cultured. So all in all, it's been a fantastic experience. And honestly, I thought, you know, it would be kind of more similar to other countries where they do run you know tourist scams but i honestly have not seen any of that and it's just been such a pleasant and warm experience um and also today we saw a man that had um he was born with polio he who with polio. He, he had polio i don't know he said he was born with polio he said he was born with polio sandwich anyway so yes he was born with polio anyway and he had he was on his um he, he was using 
you get polio. I don't even know. He got polio when he was very young and he was using um, um, crutches to walk and he was selling books. So he walked into this cafe selling books and I, I didn't want a book, but I felt, you know, we, I think the three of us are empaths. So we just wanted to help this, this man out. So we gave him some money and he actually declined and said, I don't want to hand out um I want to do things right, you know, I don't want to take something for nothing. And so he refused to take money unless we took a book. Um, and um, in the end, we ended up purchasing a book. Um, and that was that. But it was just um, such a nice experience, actually, to see someone so dedicated to hustling, despite them having, you know, a, a, an illness or a disability. Um, and, you know, him having such strong personal values where he said that he refused to take something for nothing. So it just goes to show, yeah, it just yeah. goes to show the kind of people that they are. Um, and so far, it's just, yeah, it's just been honestly a 10 out of 10 experience. Okay, great introduction there. Um, I want to kind of change the dynamic of this podcast so that it's we ask each other questions and that way then we can um, kind of have some structure to the podcast and i'll start um so it was great because you you were talking Manny, about the highlights and experiences so and how like in vietnamese culture they serve it seems like the girl first and not the guy um so i want to ask each one of you um so what has what's the one thing that has stood out the most for you so far in vietnam i know you've kind of answered this question Amani, um but i'll ask sam first so What's really stood out for you? And then and then you guys will ask me different questions, yeah? For me, I would have to say, man, the Vietnamese coffee is on just another planet, honestly. That's some real A-grade shit. <laughs> I you I've I've never felt so jacked up and and um aware and awake. And at the same time, like I see, I feel like I can see through walls after having Vietnamese coffee. I, I, I don't know everything in this country, be it the cigarettes they smoke, the coffee they drink. Um, it's just everything's just so much more stronger or intense. And I'm telling you, you you will feel so wired. So I had another Vietnamese. I know I sh- I say like it 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 really like does a number on me, but I still continue to drink it. <laughs> but I had another Vietnamese coffee today, and all, it just really jacked up my cortisol. I think I was just like about to like I I don't know. There was just something inside of my system. And I think Eli, you picked up on it, and you're like, why are you shaking your leg? Because I was like, what do I do with all of this? Um, I don't know energy, or it maybe actually made me feel anxious. But here's my observation from film Vietnam, which I I, I really um, found to be very interesting. I used to believe that Vietnamese people, or I would assume that in Vietnam, there would be a very big drinking culture. And what I found being here the last couple of days is that there actually isn't a drinking culture in Vietnam. You very rarely see pubs or places for people to drink um, alcohol and what really stumped me was there's a massive cafe culture in Vietnam like every second or third shop is some unique f- cafe 
in the sense that the, the Vietnamese, their cafes are very different to the cafes, I guess, that we're used to. Like you'll see people sitting down in, in, in these really well-decorated um, Vietnamese-style or kind of like themed cafes and people would be either um, chewing on sunflower seeds as they drink their various coffees or they'll be painting like some sort of arts and crafts, which I thought was pretty cool. A lot of young couples seem to do that together and drink coffee. And they're drinking coffee day or night. It doesn't really make a difference. And these cafes are just always, in, in a way, operating. And like I said, what it, was, it really stopped me. is just like there's just a massive coffee culture here, far greater than any place I've ever seen. Even in Australia, there isn't that to, to the same degree that they have it here. So the Vietnamese people definitely value coffee and caffeine over alcohol. It again really confused me because maybe the Vietnamese in Australia kind <coughs> of adopted more Australian values um, when it comes to drinking and because you don't see it here you don't see it at all and the only people and when you do see like a place where there's you know drinks being served it's normally for tourists and it's filled with tourists so I don't, I don't know if the Vietnamese just don't go out and drink or they're drinking at home or, and but there's a cafe culture here and not a not a not a pub culture which i found to be very very fascinating so i guess do i ask amani the same question um is that what, what, what was that with the thing that you're saying okay so Manny, what did you f- no, 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 okay i'll let Manny kind of um what, her, what, was, what, thing stood, out what things stood out for you Manny, the most during these travels or no, or in vietnam okay in vietnam all right relax <laughs> mate <laughs> Thank you for passing the microphone on to me. Um, so the number one thing that stood out to me is that, well, there's two key things actually. <clears throat> the first one is that everyone seems to be just incredibly talented here from uh, people who just seem to know how to play the guitar <clears throat> in some Spanish slash Vietnamese slash French, I don't know, hybrid kind of style to people just having an amazing singing voice to people playing the accordion, to people playing the piano, to people playing, um, I don't know, any other instrument. It's just incredible. Um, even the artistry, like Vietnamese artists, um, they, you know, people who make pottery, people who use um, leaves to make in, you know, intricate designs, like we saw this man today in the ancient town in uh, Hoi An, making crickets and roses and fish from uh, leaves. And he was just able to use these fern kind of leaves to weave them into these ornate shapes. Um, people just have incredible talent here. And it's something that I have not seen anywhere else in any of the countries that we've been to to date. Um, <clears throat> that's that's the first thing that stood out to me. And the second thing is that people here just really like having a good time. And they're genuinely just very, very, very happy people. One of our tour guides, we went to a tour to Ninbin, which is an incredible area um, in the uh, Red River Delta area up north. And uh, his name was Hua. And he was just an incredible tour guide, uh, so knowledgeable, had a smile on his face the entire time. And it wasn't just him. Every single time we turned our face around, there was someone else who had a smile on their face, who was very hopeful, um, just very happy. We saw a lady, like we went to the um, in original capital of Vietnam. I've forgotten the name of the area now. And there was a lady, literally not even joking. She had a 
bloody bison <laughs> over there and I waved at her and I said Xin Chao and she just smiled and waved back at me and she was just an elderly lady but just had the brightest smile and I think in terms of you know us living in the west we have this I think hesitation sometimes to say hello to people as you walk by or just to say you know happy new year or to hug them or shake their hand or do any of that because there's a natural hesitation like what if they abuse me what if they don't like this what if they think I'm too you know like um um open or too you know in their face so in the west I think we tend to kind of hold back from from being more personable and, and greeting each other with kindness or even you know sending a smile someone's way but you know over here you say hello and you can see the people you know beaming from you know the, the smile beams from one one part to the next and it's just <clears throat> an incredible sight so I think there's actually a lot to learn from the way in which they live their life you know their values their morals just the way that they exude happiness and joy I think that's something that really stood out to me um Ala what what's the one thing that stood out to you hmm very interesting question a very good question i might add <laughs> <laughs> what's the one thing that stood out to me the most even though i asked the question i was trying to think about it because there are a lot of things that stood out to me and i think one of them that i t uh, told you guys immediately i thought it was interesting that you don't see beggars in vietnam and it kind of alludes to what sam was saying earlier about was it you or manny who was saying about oh about the individual with polio either one of you guys said it yep um i was listening <laughs> so yeah it was something i i immediately noticed having traveled to other like parts of the world you do see beggars whether it's in europe uh parts of the middle east um yeah especially in other third world like third world, i hate that term but in, in other developing countries it's been vietnam it's just insane like there's such a high degree of um honor that's the right word i was going to say pride but pride is not the word because then they have yeah dig they're very dignified individuals like the, you know everyone the the lady might like there are ladies here who are you know probably eight seventy eighty ninety years of age you know um working uh you know manufacturing these like arts and craft and selling them for like two dollars um and even exporting them to like china for that price this is a story that was given to us by um our tour guide um in nimbin um, it was just that, that that blew my mind because um, it just makes you realize that um, it's a matter of how you choose to react to things you know your situation the cards that you were dealt right so it seems like some people in life and I'm not judging it but it just seems you know in some respects it's almost entitlement it's like I will not that it, it's your choice necessarily, but like I would choose to beg for the money as opposed to saying, all right, what are my options? You know, like hard labor, etc. Like, again, it's, it's very hard to take a position on it because, it, you know, it might be misconstrued as being um, harsh. But what I'm trying to say really is it's just it, it's insane just to see that the Vietnamese culture is just so hard working and i know like people say oh but that's a stereotypical trope of like the asian culture but it's different like the people here as emmanuel was saying are just so grateful nice like you see it on their face that like they're you know they're tired they're exhausted as sam was saying like 
you can't survive the amount of hours they work and like how hard they work without that Vietnamese coffee because I honestly like the first time I had it I, I was, I'm caffeine sensitive like I was wired and I was telling these guys like this is cocaine for the brain like I was so alert and the thing is it gives you like this hit instant hit and then you crash hard because and then your body wants it more and more and I only had it for like a couple of days and my body got addicted to it and I started developing headaches when I wouldn't drink it and then I'd wake up in the morning and there was one morning I still remember and we're at the breakfast table and Emani was just was just talking and talking and like and just wouldn't shut up <laughs> and I said that respectfully because because I had this like mild headache which is like my body was craving that Vietnamese coffee because it's incredibly strong your body actually gets addicted and all I could think sitting on that table like god why wouldn't she just be quiet <laughs> and I was just like trying to fight the urge to have the coffee because I'm like I don't want to get addicted to it and it's just like you know when you have that mild hazy headache and somebody's just talking and everything seems almost magnified and it's just like man the noise is so loud in here <laughs> like um, and I was a bit like I would say like a bit in a mood right in that that morning and I was just like screw it I'm having the Vietnamese coffee and as soon as I had it and they all they're all of them were like are you sure are you sure you want to do that I'm like yeah man I can't like this is I don't want to have the headache for the rest of the day so I had it honestly guys instantly my mood switched like I calmed down this is why I think it's so incredibly dangerous to be hooked uh, hooked on this stuff not to say I've stopped you know <laughs> if anything Sam and I went and tried out the egg coffee soon in Vietnam basically what happened was um, during uh, the French occupation of Vietnam I can't remember if the f there, there was a, a supply issue with milk products whether the French were prohibiting it coming into Vietnam or whether there was just supply issues right but it was something that's related to the French they, they basically um, hindered the shipment of milk to Vietnam and so some Vietnamese chef called Nam I think basically working in a uh, Sofoto hotel uh, basically decided to mix egg yolk as a substitute with the coffee and I don't know how they do it but it comes out like this creamy texture it's crazy yeah it tastes like coffee coffee code did you say coffee code I agree so Sam and I did you have it Manny oh Manny tried it so we're at this cafe, we're waiting for this train that basically runs through people's homes. Like you basically sit, there's people's homes. It's called Train Street. Train Street. So it literally, like there's a train that runs right in front of their house. Like I'm talking like at arm's length, right? And you have to, like these people have businesses below their homes and basically now because of safety issues to get in, somebody has to bring you into their home and you literally sit like facing the track and that's the that's the entertainment of it. You're sitting there and the train will rush past you and you get this high, right? So interesting story. We went there twice. You know, the train never showed up. Whatever. You know, for the during the second time while we were trying to wait for the train, we decided to go to a cafe. We saw that they had egg coffee. We we're like, let's just try it. And we've been trying to be good. Like we've been taking our supplements, you know, just so that we don't get like a stomach bug or, or the barley belly type of issue. Um, an upset stomach essentially and so we're um, sitting at this cafe we have, we have the egg coffee and initially we're just like we're a bit hesitant but then you're like you try and you're like oh this is like as the man was saying coffee code it's like this is good this is actually good and it's actually even stronger than the Vietnamese coffee it feels like it's a bit bitter anyways so we had it and then 
we did not sleep that night. We were just buzzing. Like it was, it's just, it was a mistake to have it that late in the night. Um, anyways, the other thing that really stood out to me, um, so when we celebrated New Year's Eve in Hoi An, so we were making our way back to the hotel at this point. It was what, maybe 12.30 at night. And there was just this random square um, of like individuals, you know, some people were dancing and stuff. And there was like music because it was this stage and it was playing music. But like there was no, um, there was like, you know, the band or whatever had left, right? But, they started playing, you know, Shakira and all these other, other like, other music. And the, the beauty of Vietnam is it's like a melting pot of so many different cultures, especially Hoi An, uh, Vietnam in general, though, that, like, have come here to the country. So, we're talking about, like, Koreans, Japanese, a lot of um, Spanish people, um, South Americans, French. There's a lot of French. But it's just, like, for me, it's, like, and in that moment, we were all just there, like, I'm telling you, it's it was a crazy scene. Um, we're all at this square, like just randomly dancing in the middle of the night, doing a conga train and singing, you know, Shakira's Waka 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 Eh Eh Tamina Mina Selegua Anawa Ah Ah Yeah, like it's it's um Selegua. Um, that's not the exact lyrics. That's just my phonetic version of it. <laughs> This is Africa. Anyway, um, so we're all yelling it and dancing. And like, you know, we're, us three, we can be pretty dumb, you know, in a sense, like, you know, like we heard this song and we just started blasting. And then we just saw more people coming. And like, you also see sometimes the hesitancy of people, like they want to get into it because the energy is good. But like, they're afraid, I guess, of like, you know, that societal conditioning where it's just like being judged. But Well, they wait for others. Yeah. And, you know, like for us, like if, you see, if you've seen if you kind of see us how we are and even on the trip it's just like we genuinely have within us like this inner child that just comes out like when it's when it's in the right vibe and we're just dancing singing and then we're trying to like we just started dancing with the other people like you know Manny like with some random middle-aged Vietnamese man and I think for me I was dancing with a bunch of um it was either Japanese or Koreans and like Sam (coughs) I think it was Koreans and some South American guy. There's a lot of people with different backgrounds, right? And it's just like, if for me in that moment, I was just like, oh, this is so like fun. Like this is like amazing. And it's just, I'm telling you, so many people just kept coming and coming. And it's like, the energy just felt good. Like it's, I was telling the guys, it's different to like this whole club thing. Like they were clubs and they were playing music and stuff, but it felt like, you know, forced. Whereas this felt so authentic. Like, it's just like people wanted to have a good time. And I saw in everyone's face, they were just so happy. And they just, they went there to drink. No one, like, that's the thing. Even interestingly with Europeans, I hear, like, they don't, it's not like Australia. It's very, they don't drink to get drunk. It's just like, they'll have, like, you see them maybe one beverage or wine or whatever. But no one there, you could smell alcohol. And it's just, it was just pure, raw happiness and fun. And everyone's jumping, and it was just, and then the Vietnamese locals came, like started to join us, and um, and they, they're so, as Manny was saying, they're so nice, you know, everything, everyone's just like Happy New Year, Happy New Year, and then like you know, randomly like they'll come up to you and ask to take photos. Like I, I literally got stuck with a whole family. Not that I got stuck, I enjoyed it. I, I felt like a superstar, you know. I, I was telling guys, I felt like a soccer player because you know, initially I just thought it was the dad, and then you know he was like, please, please for my for my um, son. 
and his brother and I was just like yeah yeah no worries no worries like but I was like uh, in that moment I was like it's literally a family album and I was like is that what if is that what it feels like to be a superstar I was like this is pretty cool I mean not that I would I can get used to it but I mean, it was fun and um yeah I really enjoyed that but like I that that really stood out to me like that like uh, that moment in time the Vietnamese locals the French the Spanish the uh, Koreans the Japanese it's like it nothing like it's like everyone was able to see past all of that um, construct that societal construct that you're of a different race religion this will literally I, I wish I could just show you the mental image I have in my head of the smiles of the people and just like you know like just ran other uh, it's it's a me- it's a memory that I will never forget and I feel like that's just the best way to like bring in the new year like fireworks are so awesome and so is like you know spending time with family but like there's just something about being in the right spot with the right energy at the right time it like I I'm pretty sure Maddie and I really wanted to stay and keep dancing I think they were playing yeah my brother Sam Sam Samid was the adult in the group and it was just like it's it's getting late guys we we gotta go and I honestly I was just I literally was just like look (laughs) <laughs> and like I, I literally was just like oh man like I would just jump on the stage <laughs> um, they're just talking in, in between my conversation I'm getting distracted but um, Vietnam I, again I guess what stood out for me is that it's just such a wholesome place um, the people here are super at least our experience has been and I'm, I'm very thankful and very grateful for it very honest people very friendly people it's just so different it's like forget what any impression you might have because of like what people have told you or the media or what you might think um it's just they're just beautiful people they're just genuinely beautiful people and um maybe Manny might even tell you like you know they ran randomly invited us to on new year's eve like at the start of the night to a, a gala dinner and um this is where I got groped by the magician. I didn't get groped. Like, I allowed it. I consented <laughs> to it. But, like, um, it was pretty... It was really funny uh, because, like, just the whole scene is, like, we had basically a high school band and they were really good just singing <laughs> and, like, playing music for us and then the games they had. And, um, you know, in that moment, I realized that, like, Vietnamese culture like they really are fun people and if anything like um i noticed that there's a lot of reservation on the part of other cultures especially european cultures um like they'll ask for people to come to the front of the stage and like i just saw this like the almost like there's this fear of um judgment right and everyone like the people were slowly able to ease into and let go and i saw that happen but it was just very interesting because you like, I, I definitely came to this trip with the mentality. Like, I really don't care, like, how, you know, um, I, I'm, like, how people see, like, you know, um, part of the magic act, you know, the guy had, like, his hand in my shirt, my pants, like, <laughs> put, a put a cigarette down my pants and my shirt. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty funny. Um, like, it's, it's just hilarious. Like, it's a, it's a great, and he is a magician and he knew his magic was, like, crap. Like, <laughs> But <laughs> but there's this music in the background that was giving this dramatic music, giving this intensity. It was just, it was amazing. Yeah, I was just going to add and say that it was interesting because I feel like 
it's such a weird experience because literally every single place that we've gone, we've just had like this really random <coughs> kind of just unplanned weed experience like from singing terribly in some random cafe people like oh come up and sing and i'm like oh okay it's not gonna end well <laughs> oh i sang um i sang i sang zombie <laughs> no i sang i was like you know what being, being any people like you know soft music i was singing fly me to the moon and then i basically buckled and i got so nervous and then i was like but you know like when you hit like but you know like you know have you seen those videos where like the the people are like um how i sound versus how i actually sound it's like how i think i sound hi come to the i'd like to meet you at the restaurant at 6 p.m it's like versus how i actually said hello come to the restaurant at 6 p.m like it was basically like that and when i heard the first note come out of my mouth i was like well fuck it's too late <laughs> it's too late now I've already started. I might as well just end the, just continue with the train wreck and, <laughs> and see where it goes. But it's just like I, I don't think other people necessarily have the random experiences that we have. I just might add that Sam and I watched that train wreck happen <laughs> while we were drinking our Vietnamese coffee <laughs> and eating our sunflower seeds. But it was actually she she sang really well. Um, it's just that we were we were among Vietnamese artists and musicians like professional. We didn't realize at the time who sang incredibly well um but manny sang really she did she did a good job and it's hard because like you're up on stage and you know everyone's expecting this like um european powerhouse of a voice and what you get is fly me to the moon and let us play among the stars no, but you know how like in high school musical how at the start she's like um she's like um uh, yeah, no, no. She's like, she's like, she's like, she's like, it's soaring, flying. And then in the end, like, the guy, what's his name? Zach comes up to her. What's his name in the show, though, in the movie? Bolton. Something. Something Bolton. And he's like, Troy. Troy Bolton. And he comes up to her and then he goes, we're soaring. She's like, a flying. So then they get into it together and they start clapping and they start doing like some smoldering eye looks from across the room to each other. Very romantic. So unfortunately, I did not have someone making smoldering eye looks to me. Instead, I had Sam and Eli recording the train wreck happen, <laughs> happen in real time. So that's why the nerves remained as they were can i just add some i get so much shit for liking high school musical especially from a many and yet she knows the lyrics to um to um the first the first high school musical one yeah so, so like like seriously but going back to the questions i actually had a, a question for both of you which is Obviously, you guys have traveled quite a fair bit. I think you've been to probably something like 30 countries. I think we counted last time. It's about 30 now. Well, you've been to 30 countries. We've counted it. So, obviously, this trip has been, I would say, very different. Even for me, I mean, this is my 10th country now. Woo, I finally hit double digits. Um, I'm in the double digit club. But, um, yeah, I think for people who are quite well versed in the um, area of travel, how has this trip been different and what have you learned about yourselves from this trip? I think this trip is different in the sense that previously 
maybe I had some preconceived notions or ideas of the places that I wanted to visit. This time around, to be honest, maybe because I was lazy, maybe because I just didn't have the energy to kind of really do the research. I think I watched like maybe two vlogs and I was like, I'm going to Vietnam. And um, honestly, truly, like I don't, like we were winging it as we were going. Um, and even Singapore, like we've been to Singapore before, but we I just... Did you did the itinerary, but um, it was it was more kind of like up in the air um it wasn't as as clear as 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 we normally would when we traveled and i think that's the beauty um not having things not actually having any real expectations or really planned um activities and like if we felt like doing something we would you know go down to the um we'll basically speak to the concierge and we're like oh we want to go to um, ninbin right which is a couple hours drive away and they'll just sort it out um, before, I think there was a bit of more anxiety with travel. Like, you know, you're trying to maybe, not necessarily in our case, but like, you know, you still want to see some of these various sites and whatever. This time around, I think a lot of us just wanted to kind of like enjoy the the, uh, the process, but also having worked on ourselves f- for the last year or two um, and getting rid of a lot of the, um, you know, like, I guess sometimes we kind of put on these masks and whatever and like you know you're trying to um experience life or travel in a particular way based on what you've seen or what you're told or how you're supposed to experience it and now we just kind of regress back to our authentic selves and we're like you know whatever it is like eli was quite um very authentic himself i think like um particularly in in singapore at universal studio um it was like guiding people into the wrong lines and it's just being it was being facetious you were you were because so what happened was in Universal Studios we didn't pay for the um the fast track or express whatever lines we didn't realize it would be that bad so we're like okay so each ride basically the first ride we waited almost two uh, two and a half hours and then I think he lost his mind and he just started basically because we were, were getting envious of the people on the on the express lines or had the express passes which was double the price and um they literally would basically um they'll be on the ride two or three times and we're still waiting in line two and a half hours later and so he was telling them the r- the ride was closed <laughs> <laughs> or he was saying um you have to go back or something i, d- I don't know it was just being but he wasn't taking it seriously i don't think people were even taking him seriously either but it was interesting just to see like before like everyone you know when you travel you kind of act in a very different way or you just (coughs) it's just I think a lot of us just let our head kind of let loose Um, we even to be fair we even I think we even had like a disagreement like a heated debate uh, at um on an island (laughs) which is annoying because none of us can leave where we had a heated debate about something meaningless so I think what was the about feet washing because what <laughs> think about it feet washing what does it have to do with the trip anyway i think what what happened was we ended up going to a spa massage and amani wasn't used or maybe no my brother wasn't used to having someone wash your feet before the spa and he was just saying oh i really enjoy that i could get used to it and then amani is like oh i've got issues with people washing my feet blah blah, blah. anyway it took a turn for the worst for some strange reason i honestly personally think it was it was a combination of being hungry and and, and 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 eli says because mercury was in retrograde and, and we were on an island, we on an island so <laughs> i don't know what happened anyway i just caught it and i was like you guys like um just cut the shit out um and i was like to many i'm quite disappointed <laughs> in the way this conversation went and then we just went to sleep and then the next morning we forgot about it or got over it That's but awesome. 
but and she fell off a <laughs> she fell off a bike <laughs> and almost broke her finger. And look, to be fair, we didn't we had no idea what what happened. All I Eli and I were like cruising down on the, on the bikes and moving around, and then I'm like, why hasn't she come down? And all we see is her laying on the grass in the fetal position with one of the staff members trying to say we hadn't even she hadn't even like i literally think she just got on the bike and just tipped over (laughs) and we had no idea and we're like what's going on anyway being the dutiful loving husband that i am i waited about a couple minutes (laughs) and then i i went up there acting concerned (laughs) why was i concerned i was like do I have to go to a Vietnamese hospital right now on my trip <laughs> on an island? On an island. Um, no, <laughs> I'm not narcissistic, but uh, just a little. But um, fortunately, she was okay. She, she she did dramatize it a bit. What do you mean? I have a bruise. She said she, she, she broke her finger. finger, but honestly, it was just a, like an over-glorified scratch. Um, I jarred my finger. And if, if and you want to know why she fell off the bike, well, f- <laughs> I don't know what person would do this. <laughs> But she was trying to ride the bike while holding downhill. downhill, and there was a steep downhill, while recording on her new Samsung phone, which is quite expensive. I don't know, like, why would you... And anyway, she lost, apparently, control and and made an executive decision to... Because for some reason, she couldn't hit the brakes. <laughs> so she decided to tip herself over into, <laughs> into the grass and faceplant. Anyway, luckily, she has myself and Eli on the trip to... um navigate more difficult aspects of this trip but um it's been look it's been a good trip just we have 10 more minutes i don't want to drag this on but i i'm going to ask you guys all what was the question you asked amani oh what did i learn i learned i learned um what did i learn about myself they're saying okay i learned that Oh, this was really good. Actually, I added added it to my New Year's resolution list. I realized I kind of think too much about why other people do certain things or why... I seem to be concerned about other people's choices in life or like, say, for example, this is how... Not pathetic, but this is how... um, Like, it's a waste of my own mental um, energy and and I don't know what what, what the term is. But it just like it drains me. So I'm always like, but why would people do that? Why are people like, um, you know, engaging in this activity, or why do people like not enjoy this particular experience like this, and blah blah blah. And I think both my brother and and Amani pointed out that you're so concerned always about other people, and not not even just like when I travel or anything like that. Um, like let's say at home, like I used to be like, oh, you know, I want to make sure everyone's happy, and I'm always trying to like look after people or um, think about other people or trying to, you know, please other people. I think that's the word. But they said, like, isn't it exhausting to always have to think about why other people do certain things or how other people should do things or, like, trying to fill in the gaps for other people in life and trying to um, take initiative with all these different experiences and things rather than just focusing on yourself. I think it was my brother initially who just said on the plane, he's like, we were just having a discussion. He's like, you know, you need to learn to be more selfish it's like you're always thinking about everyone else and you're like it's just exhausting and draining it's like just think about you like other people should be able to kind of solve their own problems or find their own happiness and you're overburdening yourself and then separately Manny said the same thing 
and I actually thought that was a very interesting thing um, to hear and I'm glad they said it because I added it to my New Year's resolution um, for the year saying to myself and I started actually um, executing on it I, I, I'm forcibly preventing myself from thinking about other people's choices or if other people are upset or anything trying to kind of like appease and 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 make them feel better about themselves um or before i would try to always organize things and take so much initiative but i'm like just taking a step back and one example is on this trip and i look i've, I've traveled with amani a fair bit now and obviously we live together um i just kind of when she starts as eli points out sometimes she just kind of talks and talks and talks i kind of just like take a step back and let him <laughs> listen and engage in the conversation and i just kind of like zone out as was before i, f- I would feel like overstimulated sometimes i just want to decompress and i'm like oh, and i'm forcibly forcing myself to continue engaging in conversation but now i actually sometimes i'm like you know what i'm just going to like space out for a couple of minutes or do my own thing and not necessarily force myself to be everywhere and anywhere and always engaging in every conversation and you know, participating in every activity. Um, though I did make the mistake a couple an hour ago, Eli wanted to go swimming late at night, and I didn't <coughs> want to go swimming. I just wanted to s- kind of chill out, and then and then I was like, oh wait, I shouldn't let him just swim on his own at night. What if he drowns? <laughs> and then he's like, the the he's like, the pool is the deepest part of the pool is one point two meters. <laughs> anyway, I had taken off all my clothing and went downstairs, <laughs> and then I was like, what the, what what am I doing? And and luckily f- for me, he was um, he was about to, he only he, he only half entered the pool because it was it was actually too <coughs> it wasn't too cold but it was relatively cold. Anyway, Eli, what's your experience or what did you learn about yourself? So the question is, how is this trip different? And what did I learn about myself? This trip is different. Because this is probably the first trip in my life that I've had no input or very little input, let's say, or contribution to or planning to. Plan, like, I haven't really planned much of it. So I, I pretty much had to, like, this This is something that really goes against my nature. nature. I don't know if it's my nature, but my conditioning, which is um, I I usually am one of the planners when it comes to holidays like i will sit there i will do the research i will um you know create a spreadsheet or whatever and plan it out and just like really understand things in terms of the country um places people scams etc to a t um whereas this i completely just trusted other people like i think i maybe that was one of my two what was your second question what have you learned about yourself like i would say I can actually answer that separately, but I think how this trip is different is I probably I used to trust myself more than anyone else. Like I, I wouldn't really surrender to and like be like, yep, um, you know, whatever the case is, this person I can trust them and they're gonna get it done right or whatever. I think there was always a hesitation on my part. It's like I needed to do things myself because I couldn't really depend on others. And if what I realized this trip has been great in the sense of um, like you know, Sam and I did all the planning beforehand, like we booked all the accommodation and the flights and we figured it out um which was it was was a complicated process because 
because of COVID and all the situations, flights are super expensive. And we were leaving, you know, in December and it's like everyone's, you know, trying to get out of the country. But we made it work and Amani, she basically booked the um, itinerary. She did the itinerary. Um, and then the rest of the stuff, like in terms of where to go, when to go, all that stuff was just Sam. Like, um, and even Amani to an extent. I really have like had minimal, at least that, this is how I feel, minimal input. So that was very different for me not something i'm used to like i think before i used to like really needed to know things at least because like it's a this false sense of like if i know it then there's a sense of safety or certainty with it so that was very interesting and then your second question is what have you learned about yourself i think i learned that i really don't the, the right word is not care but i really just like to enjoy myself um, more than anything, like I really, um, I don't know how to express it, but I just really don't care about much. You know what I mean? Like, I can walk in the at night in a Vietnamese alleyway. I genuinely like. I know some, maybe sometimes like Sam might be more on high alert. I am. I am. So Sam's saying I am, whereas I really. Like, like, <laughs> so like, Sam's saying. That we can be quite reckless, but see, in my, in my, um, in my, I just want to quickly add, um, I saw a TikTok recently where they said, never put your hands in your pockets, always leave your hands out of your pockets so you're combat ready. <laughs> just thought it was interesting. So I'm always combat ready, guys. See, I, I thought my my intuition was on point because, like, I did get this sense. I didn't, I haven't raised it with him, but I was like. I was like, why is he, why is he um, high strung while he walked in these Vietnamese alleyways? Yeah, I mean, like, there's no lighting and whatever. Well. I don't know if I'm any scared. Yeah, but, like, I'm um, basically on my phone, on my GPS, navigating these alleyways to get back to wherever, like, hotels or places. He's got a white dot first stripe. And um, as, Amani, <laughs> as Amani pointed out, I'm a first stripe. White belt. I'm a white belt second stripe, actually. Oh, shit, there you I go. could have had my third stripe, <laughs> but I wasn't qualified. Anyways. So, um, yeah, I was just like, I realized, like, I generally have no sense of fear. Like, I think I realized that a lot of that was conditioned into me because I, I literally, like, will walk those alleyways and I'm just, I really don't care. Like, I was like, I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, like, why is Sam worried? Like, if we get lost, we get lost. Like, I'm just like, you know, what's the worst that happened? Like, I had a couple of dogs lick the back of my <laughs> leg, <laughs> you know, stray dogs. I ha I'll have a shower later tonight. <laughs> like, it should be okay. No, genuinely, like, I'm telling you, I I just realized... <laughs> no, 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 it's not that I don't care about my life. He doesn't understand this. I'm trying to express it to you. I just genuinely, like, I don't have a real sense of fear. I really don't. I realized it was... It was I realized my sense... The fear that I had within me was conditioned... Whatever we, whatever, whatever we want to call it, I, I realized, like, that sense of, like, anxiety... It was never me. It was conditioned into me. Because I'm telling you, I'm walking down those alleyways. I'm happy. I'm, like, excited. I honestly genuinely am. I'm like, what's around the corner? Because we, we were basically tonight walking down this alleyway to get back to the hotel because we couldn't get a taxi. And Google Maps must have got it wrong because somebody built their house in the middle of the path. And so... No, no, no. Oh, that's right. Sorry. I stand corrected. No, no. I went to the wrong hotel, but even to get to that wrong hotel, Google Maps was wrong. So, yes, 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 yes. Because it's Google Maps. Google Maps. 
Sam's saying it's wrong. No, 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 no. I'm saying Google Maps said to get to the wrong hotel, basically. It said you had to go straight. I showed you the map. I showed you the map. No, no, no. Sam, 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 Sam. Sam is just being arrogant right now. Okay, no, no, I'm going to talk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to clarify this. Yes, I, I take accountability that I took us to the wrong hotel, which had a very similar name. Okay. But see, this is I, the point I want to make. I literally didn't care. I okay, just relax. So sounds like I didn't care. I like I genuinely just like I thought it was amusing that I took us to the wrong hotel. I understand that Amani needed to use the bathroom. We found the, that wrong hotel, and she, you know, because Sam made the decision like we'll just get that hotel to call us a cab, and Amani can take a leak in the bathroom. <laughs> Whereas for me, I honestly, I think in the past I might have like re- reacted a bit more sensitively. I'm just like because Sam was just like you know he threw his hands up and just went into that other hotel you did you did you did you did you were annoyed well at least the impression you gave was that you were annoyed and like i think normally before i i would actually um maybe like re take take issue with that but i actually thought it was amusing like i actually yeah 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 you did um hold on hold on i i take accountability but what i what i'm trying to say is you were you were um you're right, and I didn't even care. Like that's no, no. But let me explain something. Let me let me answer my question. Let, let me answer the Manny's question here. I genuinely didn't even care about how you chose to react to it. I thought it was funny because I'm just like in my head, guys. I'm like, I took us to the wrong hotel. I just thought it was funny that we ended up walking for like 20 plus minutes and ended up at the wrong hotel, and so we needed to take a cab for another eight minutes to get to the right place. Um, and the thing about that is I realized in that moment, I'm just like, I'm very detached to whatever happens. Like, and I just have to raise the point. Like these two guys have like the smallest bladder in the world because every time we will literally leave a place, they will use the bathroom and take like number one, number two. Right. And then we walk for like 10 minutes and they're like, I need to piss again. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on guys? Like you just literally... To, like say so this is the thing they get stressed out not stressed no. out but they get they get you know worked up that they need to get to the, hold on hold on hold on <laughs> they need to get to the next place because they need to take a piss i'm like but you just took a piss like it just i mean like guys your bladder you needs work and the other one is it's like it's actually quite warm out here and my yes i am in my shorts and my shirt all right so this is the funny thing guys is that we all came into Vietnam thinking it's a it's along the equator and it's going to be... I know it's not along the equator, but this is what we thought. And it's going to be like hot. Like, they, you know, they just have wet season and dry season. It'll just be rainy at worst, right? And we all ironically looked up on Google, like what the weather was like around November or October. And it, October. And it was like, it's warm. And like what it would be like in December. But apparently the Vietnamese have a winter. So we've packed for summer. And we were lucky enough to bring, or I was lucky enough to bring one hoodie, one one rain jacket, and like um, a jumper, which I have had to share. Um, and I brought some pants, but like I literally everything else in my bag was like you know um, packed for summer. So the the thing about that is these guys literally the temperature will be twenty four degrees. Maybe there'll be a little bit of wind, and they'll be like to me, "It's cold," and I'll be like, "This is ridiculous." Like, 
they obviously have poor blood circulation and I was telling them you need to eat more ginger not that you eat it once and it'll fix you up because your blood circulation is terrible I'm literally overheating you know we were in Singapore we shared a room together I swear to you I was like um, overheating in bed because <laughs> the, the AC the AC the AC was not 21 degrees the AC was not 21 degrees it was I'm pretty sure it was 24 no. I'm pretty sure. I'm. I was. All I remember is I was sleeping that night. I was like, "Why the hell am I so hot?" <laughs> Anyways, so what I learned just to sum up is I'm really detached, and I don't. Um, I'm not as. I think I've I've been able to pull myself out of um, a lot of my conditioning and let's say fight or f- fight or flight mode. Because I just, yeah, I walk with like, with very little concern. I just want to quickly explain. When I was walking through those alleyways, genuinely, genuinely, I wasn't fearful. But I actually realized, I think, either you're oblivious, as in like, I think he's let down his guard so much that when we were in Hanoi, like literally there's motorcycles whizzing by. Like Hanoi, everyone knows if you've been to Vietnam, like there's just motorcycles everywhere. And like they don't care if there's a red light, they don't care if there's um, a pedestrian crossing. You, j- they basically will whiz around you. Yeah, that's not um, expectation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this guy, because Eli's the only one that actually has the Vietnamese SIM card in his phone, so he can. Na- he's the one who has to navigate us. And, and so what he does is he looks down on his phone and crosses the road, not giving a shit about the traffic or anything. Because the, the traffic doesn't, in Vietnam, it can come from the left, right, from up or down. Like, it doesn't matter. It just comes from everywhere. They will drive on the footpath, which is what they do. Cars, motorcycles, whatever. So he just puts his head down and literally crosses the road as if, like, there's nothing t- to worry about. And I'm just looking. I'm like, and I'm sure many, I think it's just, and, like, there'll be moments where, like, um, he almost had a near encounter with wow. the motorcycle. It'll be like, whoa. That was it's like, that day. was close. It's like, yeah. What do you think, <laughs> man? There's, like, six-lane traffic here and motorcycles. Anyway, there's a couple of times. <laughs> once. I just realized, he, but look, maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, I'm still, maybe I'm hyper vigilant to an extent in comparison. I, I agree, but was I fearful in the alleyways? No, I wasn't. You uh, yelled at me. I yelled at you in the alleyways. <laughs> you told me off. No, I d- w- did I tell him off? <laughs> I yelled at him. He said, Let's just go back onto the main road. Why can't we Let's go main. Yeah, because no, I had I my intuition was like because I mem- remember from the night before where we were and how we were trying to get back to the hotel and we had passed that boat, um, which, boat? which I use as a landmark. Yeah, yeah, I knew which way. But it's like so. What I do normally in life is I always give people a chance to kind of like even with my wife and everything. I'm like, you know, what? I, I might I know they might be making the wrong like decision or taking us down the wrong path i was like you know give them a chance maybe they'll correct themselves so i had a i had a very strong feeling that he was going the wrong way but i was like let's just see it through and as we kept wandering the dark alleyways of um hoi an i was like i wasn't afraid i'm just like okay look i know my intuition's telling me this is wrong and everything and in the end it was that's why i said to you as i give people a chance and i looked at i said no no i said to you let me see your phone let me see your phone well, it looks like we're arguing on the podcast. But anyway, the point is I wasn't fearful, um, but I was I was more vigilant. And I think he's maybe less vigilant than me. 
and that's about it but i wasn't i wasn't angry actually at no point was frustrated or angry was i probably was i probably irritable i was and honestly i can and the irritability was from the moment um i had a vietnamese coffee while smoking shisha in in that um bizarre cafe and i i just felt so wide and i became irritable even so every time you would ask me a question to manny i almost wanted to be like can you just like not talk to me for like the next couple of minutes I don't know why everything just irritated me any noise anything and t- until I went to the cafe uh, to the restaurant and um, I finished my business I was like okay I feel I feel better now because it's out of my system but it made me h- very irritable um, and it's still lingering around that's why when I came back to the hotel I was trying to flush it flush the caffeine out of my system with water I'm not sure if you picked up on it but yeah Anyway, the question is now for Romani. What have you learned from what was the previous? So I was like, so what what makes this trip different and what have you learned from this experience about yourself? <coughs> Thank you for the <coughs> fantastic question. So just waiting for the twins to stop fighting. All right. <laughs> so uh, how is this trip different? Well, it's country number 10. So I've in the last few years, I've traveled a fair bit. Uh, with Samid. Um, how's this trip been different? I've been to a few um, Southeast Asian countries now and I've been to um, Spain, I've been to Turkey, I've been to a few countries in the Middle East and I think this trip's been different in the sense that I don't think I've ever been to a country where the people were so just downright honest and kind um so it's just been very eye-opening to see that you know whatever misconceptions we have about uh people overseas um you know just throw them completely out the window and start again from scratch because it's nothing like what people think it is and i think initially when you first start traveling you have that hesitation to fully experience a different culture or try and mingle with the locals um etc or try new things, or try new food, or walk down a mysterious alley, or whatever it might be. But I think this time around, I was just like, you know what, it, it is what it is. Whatever experience comes out of it, you know, comes out of it. And very similar to Eli, I came in with no expectations, and I've left. Well, we're halfway through the trip now, and the ex like there's there's still no expectations, but I've just realized how just kind-hearted the people are. And it's just not something that I've seen really anywhere else in where we've traveled. I mean, in other countries, you're bound to get scammed at least once or robbed at least once. But here, there's nothing of that sort. So that's definitely something that stood out to me. In terms of what I've learned about myself, that I'm a lot more easygoing than I thought I was. So I think like a lot of the times in life, I think I get a bad rep for maybe like being intense, intense slash... Uh, you know, just irritable slash, um, you know, a rule follower slash just very uptight. Uh, I think in terms of this trip, I think I've proven myself wrong more than anything. I'm not really any of those labels. I'm just very easygoing. I'm like, I've learned that, you know, just to go with the flow. And I think something that I came into this trip 
kind of wanting to do is just letting go i have this issue with control like i like controlling situations i like controlling the outcome of situations i just really 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 like control and <clears throat> when i had left sydney to come here i was like okay i'm done with controlling the outcome of things so for those of you that don't know i did not get a promotion at work before i i left and i was very upset about that and then right before I had left, I said, I'm just going to let go of any bit of control that I have because I can't control the outcome. And obviously, I hadn't learned that lesson. So my bag got lost. And that was honestly life saying, do you truly know, like you've said that you were going to let go of the control, but have you actually let go of control? Like, do you still yearn for that control? Are you going to let it hinder your trip or like dampen your days and ruin your experience? And in the end, like literally on the last day, it, it, the, the back came around on Christmas Day. But that morning, I was on the balcony looking over at um, Marina Bay Sands. And I was like, I said to God, I was like, God, okay, I've learnt my lesson. I'm just going to let go of the control. And I cried a little bit because I was like, this is a really good lesson. And I promised to eat durian and have durian ice cream, but I didn't fulfill that promise. But anyway... But I sat on the balcony going, okay, I've learned my lesson. I'm going to let go of the control. And when I actually truly believed that I would let go of the control and just let things be how they were going to be. I mean, worst comes to worst, I'd get 10 grand out of it and I'd buy a new wardrobe. So really, what's, what's you know, the worst? I'll just buy new clothes as I go along. When I let go of the control and the back came round, I took it as a lesson that, you know, this is just, this trip is honestly just about me shedding any kind of misconception I had about myself or any kind of frame in which I was previously operating and just honestly saying you know Vietnam's a interesting place a unique place and a place where you know this entire trip was just different this is the first time I've traveled with Eli for example you know and even though he's my brother-in-law and I've known him for the last five years I don't think he's ever really seen me you know in in this element before so just having this experience with him and with Sam and just you know being in close quarters for such a long period of time and just getting to know each other on a deeper level I think it's just been very eye-opening and I think that I've what I've learned is that I'm a lot more chill than what I think a lot of people think I am and even what I think I am and I think I'm able to learn and grow from situations a lot quicker than what I initially thought that I, I could. So that's what I've taken away from this. <coughs> that's really, really good. I think we'll wrap it up, guys. This has been a really good podcast. Um, yeah, it hasn't been good. It's about... <laughs> <laughs> Eli's saying it hasn't been good. <laughs> but I think we're going to continue this conversation later. Um, we feel hurt. I was hurt. not it's fearful in those alleyways. I was vigilant. And my question. But we were an hour fifteen it's minutes. Fine. You want to continue? All right, fine. I did not put my hand up. They're saying I put my hand. And I, I swore now. Okay. How can a person go from being angry to calm like that? I'm high strong. All right, maybe. You were, I was high strong. My question is, my question is, let me think for one second. Well, why are you thinking here? Okay, one second. So while Sam is thinking, 
I just want to add. Um, I'm not saying. By the way, it's, I, I really thought that was good. The whole control thing. It got me thinking in terms of, um, like, I have that issue too. In the sense, sometimes like I let go of control, but it's like, but have, have you? Really? Yeah. yeah. Then you kind of get dealt the lesson. Mm. So it was really interesting hearing you say that because I thought it was just my experience. Because I'm like, God, <laughs> stop hurting me. <laughs> like, I'm How really, I'm really trying here. Um, but sometimes I, I think I tell myself, I give myself that false sense of like, yep, I've let go. But it's just like, have you? Anyway, the other thing is like, um, I wasn't saying like Sam, I was saying he was just, um, see, this is an interesting thing. Like when a person doesn't even realize how they're coming across. Um, and like, s- if you're a person who cares, sometimes you might take that reaction personally. Um, whereas like, so it's like just what I'm trying to say is like, the way Sam approached it was just like it wasn't rude. It wasn't. He didn't say anything. It was just basically a just like he turned his back and it's just like I like I'm just gonna go to the hotel here and I'm like all right, all right. It's just like you know I made a mistake. It's fine. Like just it's cool, bro. Um, like stop hitting us. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, no, no, no. But so, well, what I'm trying to say is, it was, I'm I'm being honest here. It's like you you weren't rude to us or anything, but it was just like it was a bit like intense. It wasn't intense. It was just like. It wasn't even aggressive, man. It, it was just like, um, hey, man, it's all cool. Like, you know, yeah, I get it. Like, it's good. <laughs> um, in terms of the walking around alleyways, I'm just going to say, like, I think doing a lot of um, self-defense classes, mixed martial arts, I, I'm being I, I'm being honest here, guys. I'm being honest. Like, it's given me a lot of confidence in terms of that I know how to protect myself. And, like, nothing really in that sense intimidates me. Um, so, so, so like, you know, um, and I trust the Vietnamese people here and what I'm trying to say is like, I don't, I don't have, um, a fear around, like, I think there is this, I'm still quite vigilant in my surroundings. Yes. One motorbike did almost take me out because I was looking at my phone, but honest to God, that was not more or less because, um. Yeah, the roads were just really narrow. Like, there was barely anywhere for me to also stand. And I only looked my right without checking my left when I was crossing the road. So, that was a lesson. But it was meant to happen. Um, otherwise, when I crossed the Vietnamese roads, from what I read and from what I understand is you just walk and the motorbikes will go around you. And I'm just conscious that they're there. And I slow down my pace or pick up my pace. But I don't stop. As a man, he learned that lesson. When you're in the middle of a Vietnamese road, you don't pause. You keep going. Otherwise... The drivers, they don't know how you're going to react. So, so long as they see you moving slowly, whether that's, um, you know, at a faster pace or slow pace, just keep moving and they'll maneuver their way around you. Um, and so I walk with that sense of knowing that, you know, whatever is also supposed to happen will happen. And this is how I'm supposed to cross the road. And this is how I'm going to cross the road while, you know, ch- looking at my phone and navigating the guys to the wrong hotel. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. <coughs> Now, my question is, after thinking about it carefully and thoughtfully, what's one thing that each of you will take back from this experience when you go back home to Sydney? Um, what's one thing you'll take back in terms of like um, a change in your life or a change in your perspective? Um, just one thing that, that you, you will apply when you come back because of this experience. Amani first. I'll wait for the noisy people to <coughs> finish walking past. Okay, they've they've walked past. Um, what's the one thing that I'll take back with me? I think that it is 
again, it's just learning to let go of everything. So there was actually an interesting quote that I heard right before I had left, which is, um, you can't control what might not be and you can't change what will not be. And so for me, heading into this trip, I was like, you know what, um, whatever comes out of this trip will come out of this. We had a rough itinerary in mind. And honestly, every experience that we've had has surpassed any of our expectations to date in, in a positive way. And I think also, you know, I think coming into a trip like this, we always have an expectation of what, you know, how we're supposed to behave around others or how others are supposed to behave around us. And there's always like this initial like hesitation on trying to, you know, be perfect and trying not to mess up and trying to, you know, act in a certain way to not have someone think of you in a, in a, in a wrong way. But for me, if the strip has taught me anything, it's just to let go of any expectation and just letting things flow naturally. And, you know, if you're meant to have a good time, you have a good time. If you're supposed to have a shit time, you have a shit time. If you're supposed to have a, a good day, you have a good day. If someone thinks you're a bitch, you don't think you're a bitch. If someone thinks you're great, they'll think you're great. But you changing yourself or you trying to manipulate an outcome just so that, you know, you'll feel better or that you'll think that you'll get the outcome that, you think you should have it's just not a good way to live and I think it just creates undue stress where it doesn't really need to be so I think that's what I'll take away from this oh man I had the thought in my head my response to that question but then I was listening to you and I forgot what I was gonna say um oh yeah that's it it's popped back so for me the lesson is and this is just me being fully transparent and honest it's like I realized that there are moments where like um, irritation you might get irritated with the person in terms of what they're saying you know um, perhaps how they eat their cereal you know Manny just put cereal in her in a cup at the breakfast buffet and we'll just like eat it without milk and without a spoon, without a spoon. and I don't know why but there's part of me that I'm just like <laughs> it, it just grinds my gear and I'm just like I'm sitting there and I'm just like fuck why is this annoying internally right of course and um and i realized so what i realized and what i'll take away is like these moments of um like irritation is, a, is not the right word but these moments that like just kind of trigger you and you don't always understand your triggers right i don't understand why that trick like it triggers me I, I honestly don't um but i realized that those moments like are just moments you know what i mean and it doesn't define necessarily the day or the outcome. It's just it's just a moment in time, how you feel, and that feeling passes. Because as soon as you know, she finishes her cereal, she decides not to fill a second cup. That feeling's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but in generally, that honestly applies to other aspects. Like there's, there's moments like, and I'm sure, like you know, it's just you know, this is normal. Like I don't see it as anything like weird. Like where you know you're on a trip, there it doesn't matter. Like. Um, you don't have to convince it. Like, yeah, what I'm trying to say is there are going to be moments that y- some person is going to trigger you and you're not really going to understand um, and they might not even be aware of the fact that they're triggering you or annoying you. That doesn't define your day. doesn't define your how you feel about them. It's just in that moment, your feeling is your feeling and emotion is energy in motion and you just need to let it come in and pass through you. And yeah, it might take an hour, two hours, whatever it is, but like it eventually will stop 
and um, you know, once the Vietnamese coffee's out of your system, and once your sister-in-law has decided that there's other real food she can eat on the breakfast <laughs> table, um, but yeah, so take when I go back, basically, I will accept accept those feelings. Like when somebody does something that, for whatever reason, triggers me, I just will choose to see it as it is what it is in that moment. It doesn't define the moment, and um, I get to choose my reaction also to it. I can choose to let a person's reaction, um, you know, have an effect on me, or I can just choose to, you know, not respond and just make light of it. And I feel like that's a better way of approaching life, to be honest. It's not to say you should not take anything in life seriously. That's I don't think that's the right approach. I think it's about a balance, which is just like, choose to see... Um, choose to see choose to take it lightly if it's if it's not too serious but you have to also be an adult in life like you can't just be if like you, you be a free spirit but you can't just completely like be naive you know what i mean i'm just gonna say also that um tomorrow is officially me and sam's third year <coughs> of marriage so happy anniversary, Samir. <laughs> he totally forgot. It's already happened. God, we're like those couples. It's like the second we married, got officially married religiously, and then the fourth oh. is the ceremony. So, but <clears throat> I think when you are married to a twin, it's just very, I don't know, it's a strange kind of like dynamic to be in, in a lot of ways. Like, on the one hand, you see so many similarities between them. And on the other hand, there are so many differences. And then, like, s- there, are, there are days where I'm just like, God, like, Sam's a pain in the ass. Like, it's just, I just want to, like, slap him in the face. And then there are other days where I'm just like, God, Eli's a pain in the ass. I just want to, like, smack him in the face. And I'm sure, like, the feeling is mutual, like, through, like, this whole triangle, like, shape right here. I'm sure they felt like smacking in the face multiple times, especially over my cereal and my views about feet washing. But anyway, but what I was going to say is this. I think when you go on a trip with, you know, twins, and they're also family, it just... um. It's something that's, I think it's an unforgettable experience. I think one day, you know, we'll all have our own kids and we'll sit down together. Yeah, we'll all have our set of twins. We'll, have a, maybe, maybe we'll have a set of twins to travel <laughs> with as well. But it's just an interesting experience. I think one day we'll all sit down and, you know, that Eli will have his kids, we'll have our kids. And not it, after all those it'll, bike rides. oh, not after those bike rides. <laughs> they didn't protect their nut sacks. Anyway, <laughs> their eggs <laughs> are destroyed, mate. They are scrambled at this point. Um, but. I th- when when they when each of us have our own kids, it's just going to be um an interesting kind of experience to sit them all down, plug in the uh old you know the old videos of their parents doing batshit crazy stuff on holidays together, and just living it up to the max. You know, they'll see their father as a sad <laughs> um finance financial guy just sitting in the corner just crying, going my life is a wreck. They'll be like, Dad, were you always like this? He'll be like. Let me show you what I was once upon a time. <laughs> but no, seriously though, I think it's just like, I think what I've taken away also is that I viewed Sam in a different light now, especially seeing his dynamic with his brother in a in a holiday kind of setting. It's something that I haven't seen before. And they're just honestly like yin and yang to each other. It's just so interesting how the dynamic is between them as twins. And I think 
it's just so different to having a t- just a normal sibling. It's so different. Like, I don't think anyone will understand it unless they either are a twin or they're married to a twin. Just seeing how each one balances the other out is just so interesting. And I think also something that I've taken away from this is just like how much respect you have for the people that are holidaying with you. Like, of course, I respect Samid as, you know, my husband. But also, I think like I have so much respect for Eli as well. Like for the person that he is, for the strength that he brings, for his humility, for his confidence, for his the like his just fun nature in general. And I think he just brings an energy that I don't think we would have had if he wasn't around, to be honest. So that's my takeaway point. So my takeaway is, and this is good because sometimes, w- particularly when you're in a relationship, you actually forget certain things. So I used to wonder, I remember back in the day, with my friends, I think there was one occasion with where we traveled with a, one of their partners at the time. And you realize a lot of guys, particularly in relationships, like your focus is no longer yourself. Like, like um, when you travel as, 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 you know, with your mates on your own or when you're on, on your own traveling, whatever it is, you're just focusing on yourself, like Eli. Like you're just saying, All right, I'm going to get from here to here. You're not really worried about anyone else's safety. You're not worried about anyone else's kind of like, you know, um, well-being. well-being. You are worried about their well-being, but you're not like thinking about them so much. So I, th- I feel like because when you're in a relationship and you're married, it's no longer just you and you're like, oh, I have to make sure my partner isn't didn't get hit by a motorcycle. Or like when they stop and then they disappear, you're like, oh, better make sure that they're still there, you know, or they haven't fallen into the um, the river trying to take a photo or you have to be very patient, I realize, um, like as they walk into st- into a store to look at things and all of this stuff, it's no longer like you can just be in your own headspace. Um, and then seeing my brother, I'm like, all right, so he's just in his own headspace doing his own thing. You forget sometimes actually you don't need to like be constantly monitoring and um, conscious of the person that you're with. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but I feel like that's what it's kind of, that was what I just got reminded of. Um, because I get what you mean by the comment high strong. So if I was on my own walking through an alleyway, honestly, truly, like I've, I've walked around on my own late at night in places and all of this stuff. I just don't think about my safe about safety as, as I would in, in a relationship being married. I'm like, okay, something happens to me. It's just me, right? And if something happens to you, like as in my wife, I'm like, her family's going to come after me. And I'm just like, I just like, actually, no, it's important just to accept, again, things for the way they are. Like, you don't have to baby anyone. You don't have to like be overly mindful and like, act as in a full caretaker mode and i've seen one of a few of my friends like you know maybe that friends or other people i work with or i've I've known they might have that tendency and maybe that's just the way you kind of you naturally gravitate towards it doesn't mean it's right um you go into caretaker mode but actually it's good to just be yourself in the sense in the moment you just like look um you know you're obviously conscious of the person that you're with but you don't have to um Again, I think the term was right. Be high strong. I don't. I actually don't know what that it's means. It's like a guitar. It's like a guitar. Okay, saying if you tune it too much, yeah, yeah. If you tune it too much, you'll break it. It's so, sensitive. Yeah. I think so when I'll go, when I go back to um, 
when I go back to Sydney, honest, honestly, truly, I'm going to just, again, this whole thing of about just putting myself a bit more first and being more selfish. And like before I would, I would wait for like, you know, Manny to finish work. And then I was like, all right, we'll go back together. But now I'm just like, you know what, if I'm free, if I'm, if I finish, I'll just go back on my own. It's nice to wait for your partner. I'm not saying it isn't, but I think I'm, maybe I, I was too enmeshed and I'm like, okay, I'll like, it's it's good to have that sense of individuality as well. Like you don't want to be too um, too focused on on. on and I, I realized my dad was like that, or is like that as well. Like, and maybe my sister and other people. I I, I know. I'm saying it's natural. I get it, but I I don't want to be high strung if that's the term, whatever it is. But I, but I can see it. I can see it because otherwise I would have no issues walking in alleyways um, or wherever whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, but that's it. So um, that was a pretty good podcast. I don't know if anyone else has anything else to say. Um, nope. Well, Eli. I think Sam's tired, guys. It's ten o'clock, ten o three. It's because he's flushed out the Vietnamese coffee out of his system. See, I'm I'm still good. I'm gonna go back to my hotel room, have some M Ms, watch a movie. Um, but yeah, I also have a copper deficiency apparently. And Sam has a copper deficiency, self-diagnosed copper deficiency. So, anyways, um, this has been two twins in a mic, and we are here from Vietnam. And maybe we'll, we'll do another podcast while we're here at some point. Um, I I really enjoyed this conversation. To be honest, like it's it's good to reflect because sometimes you miss things and. You get a chance to be honest, and now Manny knows not to eat cereal in the morning without milk and without a spoon, and, <laughs> and without without slouching with her poor posture. Um, it's good. It's good to have these conversations because it puts puts things out in the open. Also, you know, I'm glad to know that Manny wanted to like smack me a couple of times, and you know, because I thought it was just the feeling was just coming from my way, you know, just staring at her. Have you guys seen that TikTok um, with the? I'm talking to the, to our listeners, our hundreds of thousands of listeners out yeah. there. You know, particularly, after this podcast in Vietnam, um, particularly our Vietnamese listeners. But do you know that TikTok video? <coughs> how does it go? The um, what's what the? We were singing it in the airport in Singapore. What's Bella it? Chow? No, 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 not Bella Chow. Singapore. The one we make the making the video when we we're trying to we're waiting for Manny's bag. Oh, yeah, yeah, What's yeah. What's the song? Um, Zoolander. Zoolander one. Oh, it's like... Waiting um, in the club, acting uh, real nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, has it? No, but how does it start? We were waiting in the club. Oh, it's like, um, excuse me, bro. No, yeah, but... But I'm not your bro. No, but how does it go? It's like, we're waiting in the club, acting real nice. Yeah. Something on the dance floor. Dancing all night. Yeah. Anyways, oh God, see if I can remember. Why don't you edit the video since you have time? I will edit. I was going to do that tonight. <laughs> Sam's saying, why don't you edit the video? Because we made a clip we're going to post on TikTok. Anywho's, uh, <coughs> what I was trying to say is, um, for whatever reason, I was just reminded of that TikTok. You know, when you like basically, you're sitting there early in the morning and somebody's doing something and it's triggering you, but you're acting all real nice, you know, <laughs> dancing all night, but you're just like. Yeah, I should have said to Manny when she was eating cereal. Excuse me, bro. What's wrong with the cereal? I don't. I. I genuinely. Yeah, I don't know. It's just the way you eat it. It's like you slouch, and then, and then it's like on top of it, there's no milk, and you're eating with your fingers, and you're like, like eating it like a rat, like you know. 
Because you're just like, <laughs> it's just, it weirds me out. It actually, it weirds me out. Oh, we're running out of better. All right, guys. Thank you. Two twins and a mic. And uh, Peace out. that's a wrap. Peace out. Acon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>